This podcast contains adult language. If you'd like a beeped version of this episode, it doesn't exist. Enjoy. and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. This podcast takes inspiration from the news, discusses it, debates it, and gives you top tips on how to survive everything. Hello, and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. How are you, survivalists? How was your week? Was it good? Mine was all right. I'm here. I'm existing. Ladies, how are you? Daisy, Kaylee, how are your weeks? I am good, but I think the word existing is such a good word in 2020. You know, and it's like, I am still here. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best I can do. I'm I'm absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's as far as I could go. Yeah, when I talk, when I catch up with my parents or like my family back home, they're like, "How are you? Like, what's new?" I'm like, "Nothing. Nothing is new. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm in lockdown. Well, now I'm not, but still, still here." <laughs> I so I got my period today, and I should have Exciting. known it was exciting. Yeah, thank you. But I, I'm like, I should have known it was coming, but it just surprised me. Actually, I, it actually came on in a swimming pool yesterday, which is crazy. <laughs> So you say nothing happens. A lot happens to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. It came in the swimming pool. So were you swimming and then you saw yeah, it? Yeah. And I did a gig oh, last night yeah. and I told everyone this and their faces, they literally disowned <laughs> me in the moment. I was like, I should have known. But what I mean, why I'm bringing it up is I should have known my period was on its way because I watched A Star is Born at the weekend. I've never uh -huh. seen it before. And uh -huh. I cried for five hours. I <laughs> couldn't stop. It was it was chaos. Anytime I got myself together, just off I popped, just crying again. And it was like, just like, I can't. <laughs> I, I thought you were good. I thought you were going to say because you watched The Star is Born, that's what caused your period. Oh, no, maybe. Maybe. No, but what I mean is, you know, when you have that emotional day of like, why am I even crying? But yeah. because I watched Star is Born, I thought that's why I was crying. Yeah. Actually, I was crying a little bit, but the level I was crying yeah. was, your period's on its way, love. Don't go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, th today, this week, we're helping people survive Christmas. Christmas is on its way. 2020 Christmas. Wow, that's, that's, that's going to need some surviving, I think. So we're gonna, we're gonna do some good work as we always do here at How to Survive Your Life. We're gonna How to Survive Christmas. Are you ladies excited about Christmas? Molly, are you Santa and we are we your elves? I am. I am. I am. No, I am. Mrs. <laughs> Claus. Mm. And you're my elves. She's really the brains of the operation. Daisy, <laughs> what do you think our elf names would be? Yeah. What would your elf names be? Oh, um, okay. Little Fringe. <laughs> Little Fringe. I cannot believe you brought up my fringe, you bastard. I, this, okay. Now I feel I need to talk about my fringe so people understand it. I yesterday <laughs> cut my own fringe so badly that my mum, bless her heart, in traditional classic Scottish mother passive aggressive gift giving, bought me this lovely little pack of like colourful hair clips so I could put it out of the way because I cut it shorter and shorter and then genuinely had a full meltdown because... Aww. I thought, I know you're going to feel really bad now, but I thought when it's down, because I cut it so badly, because I kept cutting shorter to try and make it even, I thought it made me look like when I first cut it, like I was in like an asylum. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally could not stop crying and my family so I had my mum oh. who's obviously Scottish and tough love she was like you need to stop crying about here and then my husband <laughs> came in from the office and just could not stop laughing at me crying he was <laughs> he just thought it was really funny because I was like I look like a lunatic but it I really think, I think you look really like yeah. absolutely hipster and if you're walking yeah. around in Hackney and if you've got Thank your you. nose pierced here you'd yeah. fit in a tree you oh, Daisy. well this is the thing i need to to meet these people that also model themselves on lunatics 
makes a lot of sense to me that hipsters would have a lunatic hairstyle, but I just, I, I don't know why it was too much. I think 2020 is one of those years and I'm one of these people that I will never talk about being sad and then I'll have a meltdown. Like you will both get a call one day from the police being like, was she with you between these hours? And can you please just be like, yes, yes, she was. We were doing, we were doing uh, some research because I will be the woman that pushed someone over in Tesco because they pushed me too far. I no. called, did I tell you? I called a, a middle-aged man the C word in Tesco car park the other day. <laughs> did you? Oh, yes. Can you show us what facial expression? Like, I cannot imagine this. I honestly lost my mind because basically my ears on, I know I always talk about university in my ears, but basically when I have a problem with my ears. I'm and sorry, I, sometimes... I you said you always talk about the university of ears and I was like, where is that? <laughs> the university of ears. I know <laughs> I'm always going on about them no but I always talk about my ears but basically I, I have this problem with my ears it's really boring but at certain times when they're bad I really struggle to hear people especially in like loud shops I can't hear anything and my mum had done this thing in Poundland where she had got to the till and then yelled at me to come to the till because she was trying to be sweet because I think she was like offering because I'd got stuff to like pay for my shopping but I couldn't hear her so I just looked up and saw the person at the till looking at me mm -hmm. so then I came over and I was like sorry mum what did you say and the man behind her in the queue when uh she said she's waiting so hurry up right Ooh. just this like bold horrible middle-aged man and I was like I couldn't hear her and he just sort of gruffed at me and I was so embarrassed because everyone could like everyone was looking at me and I feel yeah. very like disorientated when I can't hear properly very I don't know it just makes you feel yeah. more because you don't I don't know if they're talking then or something so literally when I got out of the shop in the car park I was such in such a mood and I stomped off from my mum and he was putting his stuff in the car and my mum was like <laughs> She was like, what's wrong? And I went, nothing. I've just had enough of being bossed around by middle-aged cunts. And literally, I know you'll have to beat that, Molly, but I like, or do you? I don't know. Can I say that on here? Yeah, I literally lost my mind. But the funny thing was, he said nothing and just looked a bit sheepish and went back to his stuff. And I just thought, none of them, I always find people like that, they're such bullies because yeah. they have nothing to say if you're actually, it's just you and them and they don't have yeah. like an audience, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that was probably not my best self. <laughs> Screaming at someone in a car park. You've reminded me of two stories and I don't know which one to tell, but I think I have to tell the post office story because... I, I did a, when I did the gig last night. I told the story, and I found it so funny that I couldn't get to the end of the story. <laughs> so the audience just were laughing at my hysterics, and I was just like, "I'm gonna get there, guys. I'm sorry, but it's just really funny." And then they were, I was like, "It's not actually a punchline. It's a true story that happened." And I just I found so much, I don't know why I found it so funny, but I'll tell you it. So okay. I was in the post office yesterday before going swimming, and so I'm doing these project collage packs, and I had forced to post away to people so I was there and next minute I hear this woman shouting in the post office now the queue in the London post office is huge yeah and I was in the one in Peckham and it's it's out the door and it's going down the street yeah. and I don't think people are really honoring social distancing that well but this woman she's vulnerable she was an older woman she had a mask on and she had two meters in front of her but then this guy was stood behind her on the phone he's a younger guy didn't have a mask on and he was just like on the phone, but sh like loud. So the woman mm. turns around and goes, can you not please honor social distancing? Like, who do you think you are? And the guy, the guy <laughs> looked at her and he was on the phone. <laughs> just bowed down my face. And I just couldn't believe that he said this to her, but he just looked at her and went. <laughs> 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 he said, you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> sick she that wants her so face funny. so then the woman the woman turned to him and said you're a demon <laughs> <laughs> and I love, wow. I love this woman I've never thought of ever calling someone a demon I mean, it's <laughs> like religious. you can't come back from, it's great I love That's it like, it's like, what are you gonna say to you're a demon there's no comeback from that what did he say to her he went 
I'm not a demon. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, (laughs) you are. (laughs) And then I was just like, the guy, the cashier's like, right, can you tap your card? And I was like, sorry. And I wanted to say to the woman, like, you know, go you or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Little legend. The legend of Peckham. Oh, so funny. I know. I was like, I I found it really, really just bizarre and like kind of just this snippet of the post office life and what (laughs) would normally not happen. My favorite part of that story is I'm not a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. I saw him like after that situation, like walking, but I'm always going to recognize him because obviously I like he's a celebrity to me now, the demon and the (laughs) psycho. Sometimes things just happen and you're like, thank you, world. Thank you for this. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Well, you survived the post office, Kaylee. So let's help let's help everybody else survive Christmas. This week, like every week, Daisy and Kaylee have brought three top tips to help you survive Christmas. We will have three rounds. They will each present those top tips. I will decide whose top tip was the best for that round by awarding them two points. I may also give points for responses because Kaylee and Daisy will be able to respond to each other's top tip. I may give points because maybe I like the tip, but not enough to give it two points for the top tip. I just may give points for whatever reason I want. Kaylee is up. She has won three episodes. Daisy has won two episodes. It keeps going back and forth this season. Mm. Kaylee has won three. Mm. Daisy has won two. Last season, it was like Daisy and then Kaylee had a streak and then Daisy Mm. had a streak. This week, it's like a tennis match. Who knows? No streak this season. (laughs) No streak this season. No. Okay, so Kaylee won last week and she has decided before the show started, we asked and she has decided she wants to go second. So Daisy, you will begin. What is your first top tip for surviving Christmas? Okay, my first top tip is if you go, if you are going this year to a Christmas pantomime, to really appreciate that because... I think at the best of times, so I obviously love the arts and I think that people also love the arts, but not consciously Mm -hmm. can take them for granted. And I think that Christmas pantomimes are such a lovely, silly tradition that would be really hard. I don't know if you have like pantomimes in America, Mo, do you have pantomimes? We don't. Um, When I first moved here, I was like, what is a pantomime? Like, I know what pantomimes are, but it's not a thing in the US. See, that's very much like a a British thing. I love it. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to explain to someone like, you know, the men are played. I mean, it's a little bit. (laughs) I mean, when you think (laughs) about it, some of the jokes is just a man dressed as a woman or a woman dressed as a man, you know, like it's really old humor. But also one thing I've always loved in pantomimes is that they're full of euphemisms. So it's the idea that you can make something funny for adults. I remember the village pantomime when I was a kid, my mum having to explain why adults laughed at cottaging. So cottaging, there was some, I can't remember what cottaging even is now. Do you guys know what cottaging is? Something to do with like, I'm going to Google it, but but Um, it's something to do. I'm probably going to find something really rude now, aren't I? It's something to do, I think. Oh, here it is. Here it is. The action of engaging in homosexual acts in a public toilet. Quote, I was busted for cottaging. Yeah, that's it. That's right. So it was something like... What I don't understand is, so what's the term for, like, if you're straight and you're engaging in it? Like, I don't know if there is one. I think because it was... But I remember even as a kid, them saying something like... Because you always have a pantomime dame who is a man dressed like as a woman... And she said something like, oh, I'm off cottaging or going back to the cottage for a little bit of cottaging. And I remember all the adults in the room laughing and me as a kid thinking, well, that's she's just going to her cottage. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. why is that funny? And then finding out years later why. And I think that just there's something really sweet and British and silly about the fact yeah. that 
they have to like the writers of pantomime so like let's put in a lot of dick gags for the adults and then you know the kids will just do some songs and stuff like because it's it seems really harmless and there's a lot of thigh slapping and I remember going to the Hippodrome as a kid and honestly I do genuinely I know like I'm always banging on about the arts but I genuinely found it magical because going to a pantomime with like the big set and the lights and everything and then they I remember because Cadbury's like the chocolate factories near here Mm -hmm. they would throw Cadbury sweets and this is so funny. They used to throw Cadbury's sweets into the crowd, like into the audience. Mm. But there was one actor. So most of the actors were doing quite gentle underarm throws. But this one actor, so the guy who was, I think, one of the ugly sisters, was like chucking these sweets like to the back of the room to try and get the kids that weren't front row. It hit a little boy in the face, <laughs> just in his head. But it was Uh maybe, and the thing is, as a child, because you're just so cruel and ruthless, it was the funniest part of the whole show. And I think that's just, you know, that 90s kind of childhood where health and safety wasn't so much. Whereas nowadays, in times of COVID, because I wanted to put on uh, a Christmas show, like as in a comedy show this December, and I found a venue and stuff, but it's almost impossible because of the distancing rules to make a profit because your capacity is so restricted. You can't just pack people in like back in the day, you know, and it, and people that kind of public fear around it and how much like I did an outdoor show in summer and the risk assessment is huge. You have to really, you know, it is tricky I think a lot of pantomime productions, they're still all around the UK and they've been really innovative. You have a lot of these outdoor, like I saw in the news that some of them are doing like doorstep pantomimes. They're doing drive throughs like they're really doing everything. Although I did see a quote by Les Dennis, who I just love. Les Dennis is one of these people that I just, I think he's so funny in a really odd way. But he's in Robinson Crusoe in Plymouth. And he said about the pantomime that it's it's more important than ever this year, you know, to give people distraction. But what he actually said was, somebody said, you know, this unconfirmed somebody, somebody said, that's him, somebody said, (laughs) um, We are almost like key workers as mental health, well-being and having a little magic at Christmas is so important this year. Now, I do agree Uh, with like it is good for people to go out and be distracted and that is important. I don't think you could compare yourself to a key worker, though, who's worked a whole year in a pandemic. That's a bit far. But um, yeah, they're all over the UK, like in in Presswick Airport in Glasgow, they actually have a drive in. So they're going to project it onto a drive in screen. So like they have the live people there projected onto this big screen and then it's like so families will come in cars so people have been really innovative loads of people aren't making much of a profit this year on pantomime because of the reduced capacity and I love it and I think it's so if we don't support the arts the arts will go and people would really miss it if it was gone so I think if you do go just appreciate you know, don't be that audience member who, not that I think this often happens with pantomimes, but certainly in comedy, I have sometimes met audience members, whether I'm putting on a show or whether I was in a show, who were just having a moan about something, you know, like they were offended by a joke or they weren't in the right table. And I think when it comes to live entertainment, you should always appreciate that the person putting it on, especially at that level, if you're not a big name and you're not a famous person, most people are doing it because they love the arts and they want to share that with people. They're not making big money out of it. They're just doing it because it's their passion. Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like for a lot of children, like Panto is the first time they're engaging with the arts. They're going to the theater. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Kayla, your response. Well, I, I, think Daisy's tip kind of won me over as I was feeling a lot of memories, Christmas memories. I was in pantomimes when I was 18. I was like a chorus member and then I've done some um, comedy roles in pantomimes. But like I think from being in them, there's a lot of, what's the word? Like, is it unhealthy quite elitist, the pantomime world? Yeah. I remember my friend feeling really 
I know, like, I just remember she, this isn't a nice atmosphere to be in. Like, you have to be in this clique and the dancers don't speak to the chorus members. And mm. it's like, you have to, I don't know, like, it felt, it feels like, and you only get a good role if you, like, know the director and you've got to kind of really, like, suck up to him to get a good part or be on X Factor or Celebrity Big Brother or something. So I do think sometimes, and I think sometimes it's a shame that like acting, people train as actors or they train in musical theatre and then a celebrity goes on Love Island, like Danny Dyer, and then she just gets the main role in yeah. a pantomime. And so for me, pantomimes are a bit problematic in that way because it's sort of say it's sort of taking a job away from someone who's trained in that and wants that yeah. as a career. So that would be my issue with the pantomimes. That's a good point, though. I'd never yeah. thought about that before. That's a really good point. <laughs> that happens in a lot of acting. You get like some celeb, you know, they go on a reality show and now they have all these followers and now they're getting, you know, casted in shows, not just pantos, but. But that happens in a comedy too, you know, yes. if, if someone has a name for anything. I mean, it could, to be fair, often it is because they've got a name in comedy. But I often think that on the live circuit that there are certain promoters who won't put you in a show it, like to headline unless you have a TV credit because they mm -hmm. think that if you've got a TV credit, then that's how they're going to sell their show. Yeah. But I do still think that for the most part, when people go and watch live comedy and live stand-up, the concept of stand-up is what sells. Yes. Not the who yeah. individually. I don't think anyone has ever gone to a show to see like Daisy Earl or Kaylee Cassidy. I don't think they, because if we're circuit what? comics... But I mean, Kaylee and I are amazing comedians, which right. mean like, I just think that you're, I don't think people, unless you're going to the tour show of a famous name that you particularly yeah. want to see that person. I think if you just go, I want to go and watch stand up yeah. or where there's a comedy club, they've got Saturday night stand up. I think you just go, oh, cool. And you just trust that whoever books the show puts on something good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I put on a stand up show in Pershaw though. And someone on Facebook put, I never, I've never heard of any of them. And I thought, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, like Michael McIntyre was a bit busy for the 60 seater <laughs> Saturday night in your tiny town. Like he was, I did ask, but he was like, oh, I've um, got TV to do. Like it's such a dumb thing to say. I've never I think heard those of them. people are gold dust. I love it when people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so usable like hello i'm daisy earl and never tom the commenter on facebook's never heard of me oh my yeah God. <laughs> okay thank you daisy thank you kaylee kaylee what is your first top tip for surviving christmas so my top tip is don't go to Winter Wonderland, which is a bit stupid because it's actually cancelled this year. So, um, <laughs> so not don't go, but like, I just want to slag off Winter Wonderland for a bit, if that's okay. Great, do it. Basically, the grass needs a break, like Glastonbury, <laughs> village, that, that village for whatever, how long, the, the grass needs a break. And so Winter Wonderland, Hyde Park, that area... Wow, I bet all the grass is like, are you serious? The fans aren't coming. The wheels aren't going to crush our sisters and brothers. <laughs> Whoopee! We're having a holiday. We get to grow, grow, grow in the ice and snow. Got a little rhyme in there. Nice. That was, yeah, that was good. I know. I was literally doing high fives in my head. <laughs> Winter Wonderland is overpriced. Uh, you have to queue to get in. It's just so packed with people. It's good that it's been cancelled because it just wouldn't have been <laughs> covid safe it's loud you know i went with my nieces one year and they loved it but you know you spend 20 quid and they've been on like two rides which last 90 seconds i think rides aren't long enough why mm. is it that when we get older chocolate bars get smaller and children's rides get shorter <laughs> <laughs> mars bars are, were massive when i was little and not just because i was little they were bigger rides were longer I know this it's not fair on the children like no wonder they want to go on their bloody phones and laptops all the time because they're like real life's a bit short and shit isn't it <laughs> so yeah so uh winter wonderland but I did do some research into the most hilarious 
and you have to look at the photos of this. So Milton Keynes was sued because of the false advertising of their Winter Wonderland. Is Milton Keynes Winter Wonderland the worst ever? A Christmas attraction so miserable that the organisers faced a trial on charges of misleading the advertising. Now, when you look at the advertising, it looks like an empty farm. It really does. It looks like an empty farm. And so this is is the thing. Like, I suppose with the London Winter Wonderland, it's got to be this spectacular thing. It's really busy. Mm. You've got the German pubs, you've got the ice skating rink, you've got all of that. But then Milton Keynes try and get in on it and these like scammers just set up this little thing and people go along. They've already bought their tickets in advance and they're like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really such a shame. And it reminded me of, I used to work as a dancing chef on the Polar Express about five years ago. (laughs) And what it involved was we were on a train so we, we were recreating the experience and people would come. They, it, it was a tough experience for them. The parking was awful, all of this. So by the time they got on the train with all of the characters, the parents were just angry and the kids, <laughs> they were fine. But you'd have to dance down the train with like hot chocolate and cookies and it would just splash everywhere. I'm like, sorry, I burnt you. One year, like that, we called it, we're going to the North Pole and we'd get to the North Pole and we're not allowed off the train because of like the weather and stuff. But Santa's going to come on the train. And he did. And there was like one Santa per carriage. But like you just had to make sure that the other carriage didn't see that there was another Santa. Otherwise, <laughs> the dreams would be ending. Wait, I have a question. I so where did the train actually go like where did it start so and where did it end? it started in Oakhampton and it went okay. out to the North Pole but we used to call it the scaffolding pole and the Milton Keynes article reminded <laughs> me of this is it literally if it was windy the whole of the facade would be ripped away and you'd just see all scaffolding like oh this amazing North Pole everybody don't look too long wait so you were taking kids just to some random field a random field where we they built a North Pole and they put <laughs> all of this stuff. And then they'd be like, there he is. Look, I can see him walking to the train. He's coming. He's coming. But if it was windy and raining, it would be ripped away. And I'd be like, sorry, guys. Uh, I'm just going to stand here at the window. Hopefully Santa will be here. So, yeah. <laughs> they tried. They really did they try. They did try. They did try. How long was the train? I'm sorry. I'm still on this. This sounds amazing. An hour and a half. So it was an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back? No, it was an hour and a half trip. in total. And that involved the singing. It's basically a pantomime on a train. Singing, dancing, reading the story to them. Um, Santa coming along and giving everyone a little bell. You know, the bell out of the Polar Express. Yeah. Lovely. And, and that was another time when you have, like, so I'd be like, I can't remember what I said, like why I would say no flashing. Oh, because they they were um, taking, the parents were taking pictures and I was like, oh, you're not allowed to flash, no flashing. And all the parents would laugh, but all the kids would be like, mm-hmm, over my head, you know, so you <laughs> can make specific jokes like, oh, the scaffolding pole and the parents will get it and the kids won't. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your response. I, you know, I have to actually agree with Kaylee on this one because... I once took my nephew and like my brother and sister-in-law when they came to visit to a Santa train, but it was like a tiny mini railway at our garden center. And my nephew was probably only like 18 months old. And this Santa, bless his heart, looked like he had had a really tough year and a really tough life. Like... He didn't have a fake, big, white, fluffy beard. He just had his own beard that had a weird sort of stain around his mouth, a bit like someone who was a heavy smoker. Um, And he just did not look his best self. (laughs) And then I wasn't like, I was kind of thinking, and he had like long, scraggly hair. He just, bless him, he looked... Like Santa had really had a tough life. And Billy Bob Thornton from Bad Santa. Yeah, very similar. And I love that film. Also, Um, it just makes me think, like, poor, this image of Santa, like, he's had a hard life. Maybe Santa looks a bit gruffy, you know? Like, we're all like, (laughs) look like this. His beard's got to be perfect. It's like, he's the idea of, I don't know. He's make-believe in his fiction, so he has to be. (laughs) 
If he was real, we would have to give him a break. Sorry if well, anyone I... from Santa that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I did. That was so considerate. Uh, we should have we should have did a warning at to... the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Don't listen with children. We could tell them oh, about yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah, to all the three year olds out there, life sucks. Um, no, and but they, um... they can't. So we should. Probably <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I dropped the C bomb early on. I hope they're not listening at this point. But my sister in law actually, in a really polite way kind of let me know how she felt about Santa because I went oh well that was good like let's all get back in the car and she was (laughs) like she was like yeah she went Santa was a bit strange wasn't he but (laughs) I mean he's too young to remember though like talking about my nephew as if like the good thing is that he will never recall (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I agree wholeheartedly with Kaylee great okay wow this is gonna be hard for me great great so we have Daisy with appreciate pantomime also I find it interesting the national theater is doing panto this year that's what 2020 has done to the national yeah yeah uh so appreciate pantomime and Kaylee don't go to winter wonderland so this is once again see I think I need to start being a little tougher with my I agree. I agree. I think I should. Because here's the thing. Like, we're friends, so usually I always agree. Like, very few times do I not agree with you guys outright. Do you know what we could do, Molly? You could give minus points. Because it's Christmas, I will allow it that you could give points or minus points to us. Well, and then you chose to like, so that. close. I just don't. Also, you're not the bloody leader of this group. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I might not be the leader. I might not be the leader, Kaylee, but I am the biggest sulker, and Molly knows that. That Yeah, I think I think you definitely get some sulk allowance, which I don't think I get. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Okay, so this is what we're gonna do because I do agree with you both, but I think I think I most agree with. I can't believe I'm saying this. I literally can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to agree with Daisy. Appreciate Panto. I think especially this year more than any, because Panto is an opportunity, as I said, for kids to interact with the arts for the first time, to kind of forget everything at the door. Yeah. Just kind of enjoy being silly. Now, why couldn't you believe you were saying that though? Because Because I hate winter wonderland so much. I oh, hate I Winter see. Wonderland so much. I I do agree with uh I do agree with Kaylee. Like I hate Winter Wonderland, especially here. It is crap. It's overpriced. Like you go to you go to Christmas markets and I mean this is London. London is like one of the greatest cities in the world. Like I love this city. There's a reason I live here. But Winter Wonderland sucks. And you go to Christmas <laughs> markets in other cities, like way smaller cities, and they're 10 times better. And we have the suckiest winter wonderland it's overpriced it's the suckiest it's the suckiest (laughs) winter wonderland and milton Keynes got the suckiest 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 how can you get worse (laughs) than the london one milton Keynes? well you bloody did it (laughs) but i am i think i am going to give in support of the arts and and hope that kids are interacting with arts at a young age appreciate that pantomime especially this year it's been a tough year for actors and people in the arts so really appreciate this year so i'm going to give two points to Daisy, and that's it. That's all I'm doing. That's all the points Woo-hoo. I'm giving this round. So we are moving on. Daisy, what is your second top tip for surviving Christmas? My second top tip is that when people say, like, <laughs> when people say a dog is for life, not just for Christmas, that is solid advice. When people try to suggest that charity giving and doing good things is for life and not just for Christmas in the sense of if you're not going to do it all the time, don't do it at all. I think is such a dumb attitude. So I'll give context. I did a temp job recently where I supported people in like a sheltered housing scheme. One of my clients used the local food bank because she'd fallen on hard times. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the food bank, I was amazed. I was amazed by them, by the woman. There's a community worker who organizes it. And she just seemed like the hardest working, loveliest person I had ever met because her and those volunteers are incredible because they just, you know, really are there for people and they do it with such you know, 
passion. And I just, I was blown away by it. I thought this whole thing, it's obviously horrendous. And I think Mm -hmm. something that the presence of food banks in a rich country should be something that we're all deeply ashamed of because actually like this fucking benefit system, I don't know why it's not spoke about more. Like you have to, so if someone signs on for benefits, they have to wait six weeks. And I just think what richy rich dumb cunt. And I've said cunt already, but this like that one, actually I want to be kept in what richy rich dumb cunt didn't think through that some people do not have the savings or the connections or the support to wait six weeks for money. They can't, when they start their claim, they have to wait six weeks until they actually get the money. And I just think, what is it that you think they will live on? And that is why food banks are there. And that's a systematic failing. So I, I don't, I hate that they exist, but I think the people that work in them are incredible, like as in the volunteers. So I thought I'll do a food collection in my village so I put like a leaflet in every door at the beginning of November and said I would come around in the first weekend of December to collect the food and yeah and donations for rough sleepers like sleeping bags and stuff so because they support them as well and the village were incredible we had like four car loads really generous really nice but the vicar so the church here normally does christmas collection like for Mm -hmm. food banks which is amazing yeah and when i was told this i was like okay well then i will include them so i was like just to let you all know there's also a collection point at the church and so i had to kind of liaise with this vicar and she was just like bless her i know it's a busy time of year and all that stuff but she sent me one email she sent me really got up my nose because she she said there's two towns near here and I wanted to collect for both of them and they always collect for just one of them. And she was just like, oh, well, you know, I understand it was something like and it was like a really passive aggressive like, oh, well, I understand people want to give for the festive season, but we support this all year round and we always support that one thing. And I said to her, you know, with respect, I'm an atheist and I can help who I want. Like, I'm not part of your church. I'm including you like as a courtesy. But actually, you know, it's a tough year, particularly this year. And Mm -hmm. I want to help both towns. But Mm -hmm. it just became we had this back and forth on email and it was like just like churchy bureaucracy about, well, we always done this and blah, blah, blah. And the way she wrote it was very like, you know, oh, you can't just waltz in here at Christmas time. And and I just thought, you know, yes, you can. If you yeah. want to do something, I don't think anyone ever should not do anything because when people say that, like, oh, well, it won't make a difference. It's like, it won't make a big difference. It won't. Like doing a, a collection, a couple of carfuls of food won't make a big difference. But it will make a difference. And if everyone Mm -hmm. made a little difference, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like when people say, oh, well, I won't give money to people on the street because it won't really help them. And you think, but it will. In that immediate sense, it will help them because Mm -hmm. they'll have two pounds or three pounds or whatever you want to give that they didn't have before. And I just think that sometimes because I worked in the charity sector for years, sometimes I think there's an element of like, doing things by the book and and making sure things are consistent which I understand but sometimes there's an element of like bureaucracy and admin that I think just stops people like doing something and I think doing anything is better than doing nothing so and and the best thing you can do is so there's this thing like you could do charity gift giving. So like this year I gave a donation to Dementia UK instead of giving Christmas cards. Charity gift giving is also wonderful for passive aggression because if you want to give someone a gift, but really you just want to support the charity of your choice, it's such a nice thing. They can't moan about it, but like Oxfam do this thing where you give a donkey. So you sponsor a donkey (laughs) in the developing world, but you give it as a gift to someone else. So you like give them a card, like I've sponsored a donkey for you, which is great (laughs) because you get all the good feeling of sponsoring the donkey. You're not giving them a real gift. And I think for family members you maybe dislike, you're it's two birds, one stone. You get a supportive <laughs> cause, 
and you get to annoy a family member and you see that's <laughs> what a what a what a spectacular return to form because I was all like be nice to everyone give to food banks and I'm like but also irritate people with it if you can <laughs> and I think that's the true spirit of Christmas thank you Katie. <laughs> Kaylee your response um, I was just trying to see if I could find any scandals about charity CEOs because there's quite a few with the big ones, the big charities. Oh, yeah. I think there's one, is it Robert Maxwell, who's Macmillan? Mm, what was the I scandal? There was a scandal that he had helicopters and it was out of the budget. Oh. I, I do just look at the, what charity you're giving to and how they distribute it. And, I, and maybe like giving to people on the sh- streets. I think it's really important because we've all got a bit of spare change and we can always pick something up for someone when we go in the shop. Like, oh, do you want anything? But this is what I, because I actually don't have spare change anymore because of COVID because everybody's cashless. Yeah, so what yeah, I yeah. started doing is I bought cereal bars, like protein bars, and I just keep them in my bag. And so that way, if like, if maybe if I'm in a rush or I don't have time, I can't go to the store. I can be like, I don't have money, but here's some food. That's so, it just reminded me of a story when I worked at Blackbird Bakery and I used to, they used to throw all the food away and I was like, oh, I may as well take it. And I had um, rehearsals in the, in the center of London. So I'd take it and then I would pass a lot of rough sleepers. Yeah. So I, I remember one guy and I was like, oh, I've just got like 15 croissants in here. Do you want them? And he was like, no, nah, you're all right, love. And I just thought, yeah, he, cause I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I guess maybe he was vegan. Gluten Nobody has ever turned me down. I have like really, I get oh, really, really nice ones. No one's ever turned me down because I get um it's like a really nice like dark chocolate one. <laughs> so I'm like, if you're gonna if I'm gonna give it to you, I want to make sure it's like some good shit. I also mm-hmm. used to when I worked at a restaurant, we did a lot of parties, like big parties, and it was so much food waste. So I would take them and you know, I put it in bot and like I would package them up in a few boxes and I would go down. This was in Denver. They had a, a shelter, but then, you know, shelters get full. And so yeah. there's like all these homeless people. And so I would just go down and just give them food just directly and they always always took it it was really good food to be fair excellent yes any other thoughts Kaylee on your response well talking about waste is my next top tip sort of so okay cool also though to your point talking about charities and scandals I think I've told you guys about this before Goodwill in the U.S. is a charity and their CEO is a multimillionaire yeah, see that I don't agree with because oh, I definitely yeah. don't agree with it. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get how you work for charity and you're a multimillionaire and that's how you get your money. I don't yeah. get it. But then there's like, so in a lot of CEOs, so there have been CEO scandals with some charities, but I think that sometimes people criticize what a CEO of a charity gets paid. And yeah. I actually don't always agree with that because some charities, like big national charities, have to have someone highly skilled at yeah. the top in the same way the CEO of John Lewis has yeah. to be highly skilled. Yeah. And actually proportionate to what they would be paid in the commercial sector, it's still only like a third. And most of them are income generating. So they have to justify their own existence mm-hmm. in the sense that charity yeah. has to work. And like charities, like some of them are almost like military operations. Like RNLI is like a full rescue service. So the head of operations also has to be highly skilled. And I sometimes think just because it's a charity it's not realistic to expect someone to be so self-sacrificing that they could in the commercial sector, say, make 200,000 and in the charity work for 30,000 because they won't. So they might do it for a hundred. You mean, instead of 200, the caliber of person that could, in the same way, we don't expect doctors to work for free. Just because I always say, if you're head of like a tobacco company, you're a multimillionaire. Yeah. Why do we make it that it's okay for bad people to earn a lot of money, whereas yeah. good people, you know what I mean? But I do think definitely in some cases there is misappropriation. Yeah. Like if you're going to get a helicopter, maybe take it out of your own budget. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing. But I don't know who that is because d- who did you say that was? No, I don't know. I overheard oh. it in conversation. Well, I had a conversation with someone who told me about it. And then obviously I just tried to look, but I want to remain present but with I- the podcast. I think you're thinking of 
Robert Maxwell. Is that who you're thinking of? Because he was like a British media mogul. But I think the confusion is because he was, I think he's one of those people that was chairman of certain charities that Mm. was then... Like, you know, when someone like is an ambassador for a charity and then they fuck up publicly so the yeah. charities disown yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but he did, he misappropriated, I think, funds from the mirror, like newspapers and stuff. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. But That's I, fine. it would be, I, but I love it, Kaylee, because I think it would be a much bigger story if a charity CEO used charity funds for a helicopter, which is why when you said it, I thought that sounds too far. Because whoever that is, that is a level of, of like, gringery that I can't get my yeah. head around when they're like do you know what I worked uh for save sick children and then I was like but I also do need a helicopter <laughs> I thought it was this person yes okay thank you Daisy and Kaylee what is your second top tip for surviving Christmas my second top tip is about waste at Christmas and it's about don't buy people pointless gifts and mm. how much wrapping paper are you using basically because honestly guys I haven't bought wrapping paper in years I am not opening very carefully presents when I get them but I'm <laughs> using you know when you get an Amazon pa- package and there's fuck loads of tissue paper in there yeah. that is wrapping paper now you use yeah. that you put some string around it like an old school gift and that looks nice. And also, I don't know, I just feel like wrapping paper is such a waste. And yeah. you're wrapping up something that someone doesn't even want anyway. It's just it's just going in the rubbish. Double the way. Yeah. And you might have seen pictures of Garbage Island, which is a, an island in the sea of rubbish, which is gross. But well, last year in England, we threw away 227,000 miles of wrapping paper. So that was just this lovely wrapping wow. paper just going straight in the bin. Jesus. That's enough for us to paper our way to the moon. So we could get to the moon on that wrapping paper. We waste a staggering 4.2 million Christmas dinners. Now, we're, we're talking about poverty. Like, there's poverty yeah. out And we're throwing away 4.2 million dinners, 17.2 million sprouts. Now, sorry, but if you don't like sprouts, don't fucking buy them because they look Christmassy. <laughs> don't buy them. Because that's 17.2 million sprouts going in the bin. I love sprouts. I'll take the farts. I'll do it. I'll day of it. It's fine. I like them. They're tasty. But if you don't like them, don't do it. Don't make people eat that. Don't put it on people's plates just so you can take a picture and post it on Instagram. No point. (laughs) Do you know what? Gift giving is lovely. It's a way of showing someone you care about them. You kind of know what they're interested in or whatever. But it's just when you're walking around, not even really looking, you're in that aisle before you even get to the tailway, just putting stuff in to fill the stocking. And yeah, none of that's used now my mum gives me makeup wipes she gives me some new tights and some new like knickers or whatever and they'll be like I'm gonna use all of them hopefully if the knickers fit sometimes they don't I'm like mom not a size 10 but you last week last week yeah but the hips don't lie mom I've got them (laughs) comes off your face doesn't it Kaylee (laughs) <laughs> I'm like yes but I don't wear knickers on my face mum I would wear when I put curlers in my hair and then you want to keep the curlers in so you put the knickers over that so I would reuse them but yeah I think there's certain things that you know people are always gonna need and want and then there's things that you're like oh I think they'll like that but my mum one year like drove me crazy I had to say no more gifts don't buy me anything I don't want anything and then I get, if I say I don't want anything, I get about 10 presents. <laughs> but this 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 one year, she said, I, I was really into Twilight. And I loved, I really fancied Robert Pattinson. And she bought me for Christmas that year, the book, which was the A to Z of Robert Pattinson. And I didn't, <laughs> I'm an ungrateful bitch. I'm an ungrateful bitch, but I love books. I love reading, but I don't want to read the A to Z of Robert Pattinson. I don't care for it. I found it really hard to look happy about the gift. And I, I guess I pretended to look really happy about the gift so much so that the next year when I opened up my Christmas presents, I got the same book and I was like... <laughs> And she was like, same thing. She said the same thing. Oh, you like Robert Patterson. You like him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I haven't read the one you got me last year. And she went, did I get it for you last year? And I was like, yeah, I think it's upstairs because I didn't 
take it with me. I left it up there. Well, now she's listening to this, learning how much you hate it. <laughs> I don't think she listens to the podcast anymore. <gasps> oh, no, oh, no. I love her. up, guys. She's got this new boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> Busy. Listen, the new boyfriend rings me up the other day. All right, Kaylee. Uh, yeah, uh, his name's Tony. All right, Kaylee. Uh, I, I I don't know where your mom is. I can't get hold of her. I'm really worried about her. She borrowed my car. I don't know where she is. And I was like, <laughs> okay, ringing me in London. Now I'm worried. <laughs> He's like, have you got your brother's number so I can give her a ring? And I was like, I haven't got his English number only because when he was in Australia. So I WhatsApped him and I said, oh, have you heard from mum? Blah blah blah. And then nobody got back to me until the morning. My mum rang me and she was like, Tony's very sorry about ringing you. You see, I was sat in his living room the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he ring? Because he was worried about, he didn't know where she was. Her phone, she wasn't, she wasn't looking at her phone and she was just sat in his living room. That's so funny. Where was he though? How did he not know she was in the living room? He was just probably <laughs> out and about. Out and about, yeah. Oh my God, uh, amazing. Okay, yeah, Kaylee, it. thank you. Daisy, your response. Well, I <laughs> I do agree to an extent, like especially the waste on wrapping paper, but it's very difficult because giving someone an unwrapped gift has an air of I don't give a shit about you. Do you know oh, what I mean? So, them. I'm saying be creative with how you're wrapping them and don't just go oh, I see. stuff like the Amazon oh I've got you I've got you like put it in like I don't know newspaper or something or yeah, yeah I wrapped it up in newspaper but then I think sometimes pointless gift giving sometimes you get something that you never knew you needed like a Robert Patterson book you know <laughs> how many Robert Patterson based facts could you now know Kaylee like, if you would just we have to survive Robert Patterson and we get the book out I've got two, like, <laughs> I think you know well, that's next week's episode sorted. We can do. I mean, Robert Patterson. I I get it because you know he's a handsome man. What I always loved about Twilight is what is the woman who acts opposite him? Who who's the in Twilight? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Now this, I know you guys are actors, so you're going to be like, no, all actors are great. She is not a good actress, and I'm I just want the world to know it once and for all. But I love her acting style because I feel like whatever someone says to her, she does the exact same facial expression. They're like, uh, okay, Kristen. All, I want you to play that all of your family have died in a horrific accident. Let's see your reaction. Blank face. Uh, you're getting married. Blank face. Uh, <laughs> you won the lottery. Blank face. She has got, she's taken like a quiet neutrality throughout that whole role that I enjoyed. And it's funny because that's how all women should be seen as, right? Quiet neutrality. Because then you yeah. get, <laughs> get the falling in love well, with you. Uh, this is the thing. If I was more quietly neutral, maybe I could have got Robert. Maybe Patterson. you would have gone farther. Maybe you would have gone farther. Gobshite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Kaylee. Okay, so we have Daisy. Give to chat. Give to charity, no matter when. It doesn't matter if you only can give at Christmas. That's great. And also screw bureaucracy when it comes to charity. And Kaylee, don't waste in gift giving. I think for this one, I'm going to give the two points to don't waste in gift giving. I'm going to give two points to that, to Kaylee, because I feel like I, 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 this happens to me a lot too. While I'm very thankful for gifts, I don't like gifts just to give me a gift. Like I would rather you not give me a gift or just give me a phone call or just wait until you see something that like, if you see something that really makes me think of you, wait, that's not what I meant to say. If you uh see something... <laughs> <laughs> that really makes you think of me. Yeah, I get it. But don't feel like you have to give you have to give something. Also, thinking about waste and not wasting things, you can give things like film tickets or experiences or mm. like mm. if people got to eat, give them a gift card to go out to eat and that's an experience they can have with somebody else. So, no waste in gift giving. Although I don't want to slag off the charities. I do want to recognize I do love charities. And you should give to charities and charities are doing God's work most, uh, most of the time. So, uh, but got to be a stringent judge. So I'm giving two points to Kaylee for how to survive Christmas. Don't give wasteful gifts. Okay. So we now go into round three. Daisy, what is your final top tip? for surviving Christmas. Okay, well, this is quite a quick tip just because it's so simple. 
if you have a Christmas party, be it in person or on Zoom, don't drink your way through it because there is this thing called in vino veritas, which is Latin for in wine, there is truth. But unfortunately, there is also truth in vodka, whiskey, you know, (laughs) any kind of drink. There is a lot of truth. And I especially feel this because I feel like my granny England slightly messed me up by telling me to be nice to everyone. My granny said you should be kind and doubly kind. So be kind to everyone. And then if someone's not kind to you, be double kind. And then they'll eventually be so ashamed they'll be kind back terrible life advice would never work if you're being mugged do you know what I mean but it means that I never tell anyone anything if they annoy me because I want to be nice and then when I get drunk I am fucking horrible so it's like everything I've ever wanted to say to someone every time I bit my tongue I'm like hey you can I just mention a few things and then I will be dreadful like just ah the people I've fallen out with when I've been off my face and then I get the text the next day and the the thing is most of it was true but you're just not (laughs) allowed to say it so I think yeah don't drink so much that you start telling the truth because that will break down society you have to you have to lie lying is what keeps us together never tell anyone the complete truth so never drink so much or truthful. That's my my tip for all Christmas parties and any social occasion ever. Great. Thank you, Daisy. Kayla, your response. I believe honesty is the best policy, but I believe I you don't have to drink to be honest. And you're, I- you're wrong. Cassidy, you're wrong. It's no. not the best policy. It's it not. What kind of lies is this foundation of the three of us based on, Daisy? I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned. It's, it's based on kind lies, like every relationship. <laughs> no. I asked my husband how I look in a dress and... And I often look like a crock of shit. Sometimes I have stuff on my face and he goes, you look amazing. I don't want him to go, oh, well, you know, uh, your hair could be better. What happened to the fringe? Do you know what I mean? The issue here now, Daisy, is you think everyone's lying because you lie. (laughs) (laughs) True. There you go. That's my (laughs) Thank you, Kaylee. And with that, Kaylee, what is your final top tip for surviving Christmas? My top tip is very quick because it's also very simple. Consider the vegans at Christmas and be nice to them. Don't force them to eat the chicken. Don't guilt them into eating the turkey. Don't go, well, you can have a bit of ham. Ham's fine, isn't it? (laughs) No, leave the vegans. They've made choices. They've decided. We, I'll say we, because I am one. And we've decided to cut out the meat. I mean, I get it if you maybe are going to do a bit of tempting with the cauliflower cheese. And I might have a little bit of cauliflower cheese this year. I don't know. But I'm not going to eat the turkey. My mum's constantly going, right, okay, so uh, turkey for all? Not for me, mum. What am I going to have? What? What do you mean? I said, I've been vegan two years now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a bit of turkey. I said, did I eat turkey last year? No, I don't think you did. Well, then why would I eat it this year? Oh, but it's Christmas, Kaylee. (laughs) Christmas. Have a bit of turkey, Kaylee. No. Stop it. I don't even like it. It's very dry. I have to like jam, put that jam cranberry stuff all over it if ever I when I didn't <laughs> have it. But no, I think just be respectful. And actually, nut roast is really delicious. And I will say yeah, that on Christmas really dinner, I'll always eat everything when I wasn't was a meat eater and not not as much the meat. So it was all it's always about the veg and the gravy. Mm. But my mum puts cream in the gravy. Well, you can't have any gravy on your dinner, Keely. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not got cream in it. It's not the Christmas gravy. So last year when I was in Ireland for Christmas, they forgot to put my food in. So I literally had, we did a joke. I had like this iceberg lettuce in a dog bowl. And I was like, happy Christmas to me. Um, they cooked <laughs> the potatoes in fat. Um, they cooked uh-huh. the gravy with the fat as well. And I just was like, I've told you guys that I'm a vegan. And my family hate, hate vegans. So it's really <laughs> really difficult it was horrible because I wasn't I'm a bit more assertive now because I tell the truth but I was kind of telling telling life and going oh it's fine don't worry I'll just I'll just eat some more chocolate coins that aren't vegan either why is nothing in this place you can make stuff tasty that's vegan like and people just think it's not but you can Mm -hmm. and so if you've got a vegan in your family this year guys just 
take them on board and make them have an enjoyable Christmas and don't guilt them into eating turkey. This is a great. Topic for my mum and I'll make her listen to this podcast. <laughs> Daisy, your rebuttal. Well, firstly, my favorite part of that story was when Kaylee said, we did a joke. It was so sad. Just that we did a joke by putting lettuce in a bowl when you're like starving on Christmas Day. I was like, did you laugh or cry at that joke, Kaylee? But also, I I disagree with this tip. I think that Jesus, as I've said, I am an atheist, but I like to think that if there was a Jesus or any kind of faith, that he would want you know, turkeys, he would want something to have died for you to celebrate his birthday. I I'm think sorry, he would have said... Respect it. Molly's mentioned no. God. You're mentioning Jesus. What is this podcast anymore? I... <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know my uncle, who's like the nicest man in the world, I adore him, but he's very religious and he always says, Jesus is the reason for the season and it always makes me laugh, right? I am I am an atheist to be clear, but I think that if there was a Jesus, he would want for his birthday everyone to go out, kill some chickens, kill some pigs, kill some, you know, do a lot of slaughtering in his no, name. What are you talking about? <laughs> Kill the lambs, kill the, you know, this is, this is just what he's like, Katie. He's like, get some animals, cut them, and then I'll be happy for my birthday. He, he likes did them as- die for our sins, so he probably so wants other people to die for his birthday. No, he, yeah, exactly. It's not old, it's not eye for an eye, it's not kill for the kill, yeah. honestly. I think this is a real person, but he's not. I don't think in the context that he is. I think he was originally real. Oh, yeah. My understanding, my limited understanding of the Bible is that you should punish vegans, especially on Christmas Day. No, I think that they're the, vegetable the eating ways. You punish you should punish people <laughs> who lie. No. Bible is a lie. It was definitely I read it, Katie. It was vegans. I think if you have a vegan at your Christmas table, give them the scraps of vegetables. You know, give them and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, throw them all, at their plate. <laughs> that's all, yeah, dinosaurs are extinct, aren't they? Because they were mostly plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just... I I'm, think I'm, you just I'm... argued yourself out of your, your top tip, Kaylee. My top tip remains. I remain. No, I'm just... I'm kidding. I really wanted to win this show. So I was like, I have really? to smirch this. Okay. I'm going to stop us there. I'm going to stop us there, ladies. Great stuff. Okay. So for the final round, we have Daisy with Don't Drink Your Way Through the Parties. And Lying Keeps Us All Together. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Kaylee, consider the vegans. Now, I'm very torn with this one, ladies, because remember when I was like, I usually agree with you guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I completely disagree with Daisy about, I think drinking <laughs> is the best way to get through the parties <laughs> and the only way to get through the parties. But also, I think Kaylee's considered the vegans. I don't know. You disagree with it. I don't disagree with it because... <laughs> It's just a very niche one, isn't it? Maybe you should, maybe you should lie, Molly. Maybe you should lie. Maybe Molly, you should lie. I was joking in my rebuttal. Of course you should consider vegans. I love that Molly's genuinely like, I don't know. Do you need to? Like other people's needs? Fuck them. Funny. I am, I am kidding. No, I am kidding. Episode. I was a vegetarian for a while and like Christmas or Thanksgiving, it was the worst because I didn't understand like, no, I can't have turkey. It's technically a meat. No, I can't have this. It, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to amend Kaylee's is my only thing is consider people's dietary restrictions because it's not just vegans. It could be someone has a gluten intolerance. Maybe they're vegetarian. Maybe they just can't eat something. I'm the judge. If anything, I'm helping you. I'll just change my top tip. Do you want me to take it? Come on, ladies. No, no, no. Ladies, to be fair, Kaylee did clearly say, I want you to, you know, protect the vegans, but I don't give a shit about people who are lactose intolerant. I heard that loud and clear, Mo. She said, if you have an allergy, you can die. I mean, that's what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kaylee, I'm agreeing with
with you. I'm just also adding to it. Adding, adding, adding is fine, but amending is not okay. I'm just saying. What is the difference? Amending is you're changing what I said. Adding is you're contributing to it. Okay, so I'm saying consider the vegans and the lactose intolerant and the gluten intolerant. I love that. I should have thought of that, to be fair. Well, that's why I'm the judge. Okay. So I will give two points to, actually, I'm only going to give one point to Kaylee because I added to hers and I'm going to give myself a point for adding to it. So, <laughs> so we have me with one point, Daisy with two points and Kaylee with three points. So Kaylee, you have survived Christmas. How did that Congratulations. happen? I don't know, to be honest. I really don't. Because I need it. I don't think I'm actually going to survive Christmas because nobody considers the vegans. <laughs> you should take your own nut roast with you. Nut roast is really good, actually. I've never had a bad nut roast. I want you to send us a photo on Christmas Day of your shit dinner, Kaylee. It will make me feel better for losing this episode. <laughs> okay. I will. Oh, This has been How to Survive Your Life, How to Survive Christmas. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram and Twitter, it is how, the number two, survive pod. On Facebook, it is how to survive your life. You can also email us at how to survive your life pod at gmail.com. If you liked this episode or any of our episodes, please like or subscribe wherever you give your podcast. And maybe tell someone, tell your grandmother at Christmas, tell your vicar, tell that charity you're going to donate to. We would appreciate it. And... Have a happy Christmas. Bye. 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 Theme music by Jazar.